Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're Identical, Identical Twins. We are so excited to talk to you about all things related to church music here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Now each week we will break down a hymn. It could be an old favorite or it could be one you've never heard of. But it is our prayer that you will worship with us no matter what song it is. So let's get started here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Hi everyone! Hi everyone! Here we are! It's week three of Him Talk, Twin Talk. <laughs> As you probably know, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're identical, identical twins. twins. <laughs> so here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk, we're talking about all of your favorite hymns. That's right. And I think you are going to love this third hymn we're doing. Yes. Now this has always been a favorite of ours. Always been a favorite of mine. <laughs> it was my favorite, Carrie. I mean, it was mine first. I don't think so. No, but we both feel closely connected to this song. In fact, both of us say that we want it sung at our funeral. <laughs> I think I said that first. I said that first. <laughs> it's week three. It's been awesome hearing from them on social media and awesome. email. And maybe one of your suggestions will be part of one of our future episodes. Of course. But for today, this week is My Jesus, Jesus I, I Love Thee. Thee. In our hymnal, it's hymn number 552. Okay. Yes. Um, but it's written in a ton of hymnals, right? Oh, yeah. What was the I number you had? It was in 979 hymnals. <laughs> So oh, that's crazy. It's an oldie but a goodie. Mm -hmm. Written by two different people. So we haven't had this in the hymns we've already right. talked about. Right. This is two different people. One person wrote the music and one person wrote the text. The words were written by William Rolfe Featherston. Okay, is it <laughs> Featherstone or Featherston? <laughs> I actually saw it both ways with the E on the on the end sometimes. All right, well, I'll say Featherstone. And I'll say Featherston. <laughs> Let's, Let's call, call the whole thing, thing off. <laughs> he wrote the words, William Rolf Featherston, and the music was written years later by Adoniram Judson Gordon. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a name, right? It's quite a name. And I, we were saying, like, imagine holding your newborn baby in your in your arms and looking down at that sweet little face and saying, I'm going to name my baby Adoniram. <laughs> <laughs> well, Adoniram Judson Gordon went on to be called A.J. Gordon. That's yes. how I know him, right? A.J. Yeah. Gordon. So, like, when you were friends, yes, you called we were him friends. <laughs> and, uh, and, and And we are both... Connected with A.J. Gordon in various ways. In fact, up here in the Northeast, yep. A.J. Gordon is kind of a celebrity. He's kind of a big deal. Yeah, people know who he is around here. Right here on the North Shore in Massachusetts, there's the college that's named after him, Gordon, Gordon College. College. There's also a seminary mm -hmm. just down the street from Gordon. Yeah, it's just like two miles away. Mm -hmm. And that's called... The Gordon, Gordon Conwell, Conwell Theological Seminary. Seminary. And we're connected with them. I graduated from Gordon many moons ago. <laughs> like a lifetime ago. And actually both Carrie and I started at Gordon yep, together. I went, I went there for a year. For freshman year. So this year is my 25th reunion from Gordon College. <laughs> Time for school. Yeah, 25 years, that's a big one. You're kind of old. Well, we're twins, so we're the same age. <laughs> you can't call me old. Lots of kids from our church have gone on to Gordon yep. for college. Lots of them. And the seminary, which is just down the street, we've had lots of people come from the seminary to do their pastoral work here at the church, and they've even come 
come and been hired here. Yeah. When I was doing my doctoral thesis, which, of course, my school was in Florida, I would go to Gordon-Conwell, and I would sit in the library, and I would be able to use all the resources mm -hmm. there. And I loved it. It's a beautiful, beautiful campus. Both of them are. It was very peaceful, and I found it to be a great place to work. Yeah. yeah. We need to just get started because we have so much to talk about with A.J. Gordon. Right, right. So we did find that he wrote a, quite a few hymns. Yeah, he did. I mean, I saw that it was just a handful of hymns. A handful. A, a handful. Well, <laughs> okay, well, how many is a handful? Well, I saw like maybe 22. That's way more than a handful. Well, <laughs> show me a handful of M&Ms. Well, show me a handful of hymnals. Well, that would only be one. So he okay. writes these hymns, but really, My Jesus, I Love Thee is really the most famous, the most well-known. Of course. Well -known. Of yes. course. So here's some titles of some A.J. Gordon hymns. Do, right. you, do you recognize them? I have read them, and I don't recognize okay, them. Okay, well, Tell I'm them. asking our, our listeners. Tell our listeners. All right. Um, oh, Holy Ghost, Arise, Thy Temple Fill. Sounds like a good one. How about, where art thou, soul? I hear God say. Huh. This was something he enjoyed doing. In fact, his wife said that while other men read books and read fiction, to relax, A.J. Gordon plays around with hymns. Like, this oh. is what he did at his free, in his free time. I love it. I love it. And the hymns were really important to him. He wanted people to sing. We're going to get into this later. Yeah. But having his congregation sing was really important to him. Yeah, so we thought we would just sing one verse through just to make sure you all recognize it. Right. And you'll notice that it's a pretty simple melody. There aren't big jumps. There aren't these quick-moving rhythms. It's very simple and very sweet. Yes. So verse one? Yes. <clears throat> My Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. For thee all the follies of sin I resign. My gracious Redeemer, my Savior art thou. If ever I loved thee, my Jesus, tis now. So, so that's probably the tune that you all know and recognize. But there are other tunes written to those exact words. And so this was just so interesting to us. As we kept digging and digging into old hymnals, we found My Jesus, I Love Thee. But instead of having Gordon as mm -hmm, the tune mm -hmm. writer, it had other names. So the question is, how did one tune stand the test of time and not the others? Well, I mean... My opinion is that this was the prettiest right. and the best. Right. That, you know, uh, but well, I think, yeah. Let's show them one that didn't stand the test of time. Okay, so this is an old English melody. The hymn was set to this tune from what year? 1902. This was after A.J. Gordon already wrote his beautiful hymn. Yes. But then someone else decided to reset it to this new tune. Yes. This tune was familiar to people. And so maybe the hymnal editors at the time thought that this was a more accessible tune. Right. So we went and dug it up. 
Yeah. And let's now show, we're going to show you let's it. Let's show them. And you're going to have to decide which one is the more singable one. <laughs> yes. All right. The words by William Rolfe Featherstone. 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 <laughs> and the tune, this English melody. My Jesus, I love thee. My Jesus, I love thee. I Honestly, it was kind of hard to sing. It was hard because our brain wanted to sing this version so badly, Absolutely. right? But also, like, it has a lot of jumps. It mm-hmm. has big, big movements. And it doesn't have very much repetition. Right. Every line was different. Right. And it was in a different time signature. If you were really listening, musical nerd moment here. M&M's, always fun. <laughs> yeah, so, th- so the time signature of the one that we just sang was 2-4. And the time signature of the one we all know by Gordon is 4-4. Right. And honestly, Carrie, when I'm singing the words, my Jesus, I love thee, it feels like something that would be in a 4-4 pattern. Right. It takes a longer time to say that phrase. Right. It fits four beats right. just better than two. So these words clearly resonated with hymn writers. Yes. Hymn writers took these words and wanted to add music or change the music so often. So we have to kind of look into who wrote these words and where they came from. This is William Ralph Featherstone, or as Carrie likes to call him, (laughs) William Rolf Featherstone. Yeah. So he was born in Quebec. He actually lived his whole life in Quebec. Mm -hmm. And... They're not quite sure when he wrote the hymn. Right. He could have written it when he was 12 years old, but there are other sources that say he wrote it when he was 16. Right. I mean, either way, these are beautiful, profound words written by a teenager. A teenager. While he's growing up in Quebec, he attends the Wesleyan Methodist Church. Now, the church is still there. It has changed names a few times. Right now, it's called the St. James United Church. And I actually looked them up online. Um, The building is so beautiful. It dates back to 1888. It's in St. James Square, and it's surrounded by these big modern commercial buildings and then there's this beautiful old church just nestled in between. I bet some of our listeners have been to Quebec and have seen this church. I would want to go to St. James Square. So William Ralph Featherstone (laughs) or William Rolfe Featherstone (laughs) grew up and attended this church and he ends up writing this poem. So let's just read the words for everyone for a second. Yeah, read all the verses. We we sang verse one already but just read them again and Mm -hmm. I'll play the piano so everyone can hear A.J. Gordon's music too. Okay. My Jesus, I love thee, I know thou art mine. For thee all the follies of sin I resign. My gracious Redeemer, my Savior art thou. If ever I loved thee, my Jesus, tis now. 
I love thee because thou hast first loved me and purchased my pardon on Calvary's tree. I love thee for wearing the thorns on thy brow. If ever I loved thee, my Jesus, tis now. I'll love thee in life, I will love thee in death, and praise thee as long as thou lendest me breath, and say when the death dew lies cold on my brow, if ever I loved thee, my Jesus, tis now. In mansions of glory and endless delight, I'll ever adore thee in heaven so bright, and singing thy praises before thee I'll bow, if ever I loved thee, my Jesus, tis now. That is a hymn of praise. We read that it is part of his conversion story. Mm -hmm. At some point, he decided to follow Christ. We don't know the exact date he wrote the poem, but we do know that he sent the words to his aunt in California. Yeah. So you could just picture the nephew, right? right. Here, auntie, you know, this is what I worked on. Right. It's really pretty. I hope you like it. She actually takes his words and mails them to a magazine in, in England called The Primitive Methodist Magazine. And two years later, it was featured in a book. These words just sort of traveled the globe, yeah. didn't they? From Canada to California to London. Yeah. And this is where it gets picked up and put into a hymnal mm -hmm. in 1864. It's called the London Hymn Book. A.J. Gordon saw the hymn in this hymnal. The tune, it said that it was anonymous. So we're not even sure who wrote that tune in the hymnal. And then Gordon decided to write his own tune. Right. And A.J. Gordon, again, he wants his people to sing. He wants them to sing with confidence. He creates this beautiful melody line, mm -hmm. simple and sweet, for Featherston's words. In the publishing of this hymn later on, it is listed as anonymous for the for the words. Mm -hmm. William Ralph Featherstone wasn't listed as the writer for, for decades. Oh. It wasn't until 1930 that a little bit of research established Featherstone as the author. Okay. Yeah. So in some hymnals, it says Gordon and the un, and unknown. Right. Yeah. But I think of A.J. Gordon approaching this hymn, and I feel like, the words, the very words themselves right. were the inspiration. Oh. <laughs> so here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk, we like to say hymnspiration. <laughs> the very text that Featherston wrote inspired him to create this melody. So it was so important to A.J. Gordon that people sing in worship. Right. In fact, that's kind of what prompted him to edit and publish these hymnals. He wanted the hymnals to be accessible to the people singing. So not all of the hymnals at the time even had music because they weren't really expecting their congregants to read the music and sing along. Right. And A.J. Gordon was someone who said, I want people to learn to sing. I want them to have the music in front of them. So the hymnals that he edited included the music. And one of the hymnals that we found that was edited by Gordon is simply called The Service of Song. Right. And this hymnal, The Service of Song, really became the standard hymnal for Baptist churches. And it was the textbook through which he taught his own people to sing. Without a musician's training at all, mm -hmm. A.J. Gordon edited the hymns, wrote his own tunes, and taught people to sing. Mm -hmm. 
So A.J. Gordon said it was wrong to allow the choir or the professional singers to sing for the congregation. He thought the congregation should sing for themselves. He said it was the same way for a pastor to be the only one to pray for the people. The people can pray for themselves. Right. And the people should sing themselves. And in one of his sermons, he said this. Do you want to hear what he yes, said? Yes, yes. What did he say? I feel say? like it's a lot. He said, God would not have been pleased if the Israelite had gone to his neighbor's flock for a lamb because, forsooth, he might find one there that was whiter, and neither will Christ be pleased now if we borrow another's voice to utter our praises for his redeeming love, however exquisite and beautiful that voice may be. The offering must be taken out of the flock which he purchased with his own blood. Let us offer the sacrifice of praise, that is, the fruit of our lips." So, nice. you, so, you know, that's when, exactly what we say. That's you, what we say at our church. It's not about being the best singer right. or the having the bo- most beautiful voice. It's just about singing and meaning it. Right. And singing with sincerity. I've been directing the choir at our church for almost 20 years, by the way. <laughs> okay, we're still talking, we're still about, talking how about how old, old we are. are. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And, and that's one of the things that I just love about our church our choir, because when they sing, they sing like they mean it. Mm-hmm. And that is so important to me. You know, I just I don't want them to just look at the music and open their mouths and sing. I want them to look at the music and open their mouths and open their hearts and sing. Mm-hmm. And that's why if if you're in a church choir and you don't a hundred percent believe what you're singing, it, I think it's much harder. You're supposed to be singing what you believe, and that's you know that's what AJ Gordon wanted. Yeah. So we have learned quite a bit about A.J. Gordon, and we are fans. I feel like we could do a whole podcast just about A.J. Gordon. Maybe we will someday. So we have so much to talk about with A.J. All right. Let's... That's, I call him A.J. Because <laughs> you're such a good friend. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's easier than Adoniram. <laughs> let's go back. Okay. Adoniram Johnson Gordon, the little baby. <laughs> uh... Born on April 19th, 1836. He was in New Hampton, New Hampshire with his family. I did a little digging and I think I have a fun <laughs> fact. His great-grandfather was Levi Robinson who fought with the Colonial Army during the American Revolution. Wow. He actually left New Hampshire to fight at the Battle of Bunker Hill. Wow. But didn't make it in time. Oh. <laughs> sort of feels like something I would do. I know. I'll really. be there. Um, and then he served with um, General Washington for the remainder of the revolution. Wow. Wow. So he has a little story for American history. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that I think what probably makes his story resonate with us so much mm-hmm. is that it is all around here. It is all around here. He was named after the missionary Adoniram Judson. Yep. And that may be a name you don't totally recognize, but Adoniram Judson was born in Malden, Massachusetts. That's a fun fact. Another local name. He was born in 1788, and he spent 40 years, Carrie, as a missionary in Burma. And he did so much in Burma. He translated the Bible in Burmese, and he created what ended up becoming the standard Burmese dictionary. And another little fun fact, this isn't even about Adoniram Judson Gordon. Okay. It's about the missionary Adoniram Judson. He is buried not far from here in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Yep. Yep. So we have a lot of connections to Massachusetts yep. with this one. And that that might be why it's a, it means a little bit more to us. I'm not sure. Or why we could talk about him for hours. Yeah, we could. <laughs> we could. All right. All right. So 
A.J. Gordon left New Hampshire. He went to Brown University and Newton Theological Seminary in Massachusetts in Rhode Island. When he was in Providence, he met his wife, Maria. They got married, and they had eight children. Wow. And one of the sons was Ernest, and he wrote the biography that I read about A.J. Gordon. Aww. I mean, and his son wrote about him with so much love and so Aww. much respect and admiration. It was a really nice read. I highly recommend it. So another little fun fact is, yes. He had eight kids, and two of them were, were twins. twins. <laughs> yes. I mean, they were boy and girl twins named Theodore and Theodora. And I have to wonder, like, what their middle name was. <laughs> you know, people may not know this, but when we were little, we used to tell people <laughs> that our middle name was the other person, the other twin's name. Right. Do you remember doing yeah, that? Yeah, so I would say, my, my full name is... Carrie Kelly. And I would say my full name is Kelly Kerry. And people thought our parents were crazy. Well, I mean, just naming us Kelly and Carrie. I know, like, did that make it any worse, <laughs> right? Yeah, so if you thought all these years that my actual name was Kelly Kerry, I guess I'm coming clean today. <laughs> That's not my it middle name. just a joke. <laughs> yeah, okay. so after his studies, he got a job. He was the pastor at Clarendon Street Baptist Church right here in Boston. It's in the South End. But in the 1870s, Moody would have his tent meetings here in Boston. A.J. Gordon would attend the meetings. The meetings were within 300 feet of his church on Clarendon Street. And the church was used for overflow and inquiry meetings. Now, the tabernacle meetings would have audiences from five to 7,000. It's so exciting to me that all of this was happening in Boston at this time. People are turning over their lives to Christ. They're going to the tent meetings, and they're going to his church. Right. And how cool is it that these two huge pillars of the Christian faith, mm -hmm. Adoniram Judson Gordon and Dwight Moody, are both here in Boston at the same time. They both end up pastoring churches, mm -hmm. and they both have colleges named after them. I'm doing another fun fact. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so of course, A.J. Gordon has Gordon College, which we've already talked about, and Dwight, Dwight Moody, Moody has the, it was the Chicago Bible Institute, and they renamed it the Moody Bible Institute. Yeah. yeah so the two of them were friends, and they were doing their work in Boston. Now, A.J., as I like to call him, <laughs> A.J. was doing more than just preaching in the church. He actually started a school in the basement. Missions work and evangelism were so important to him mm -hmm. that he started this school in the basement of his church yep. called the Boston Missionary Training School. And actually, his wife was the treasurer and the secretary. She eventually became a teacher there. So they're in the basement of his church, and of course, they outgrow the facility, and they move to a bigger place near the Fenway, and they eventually outgrew that. Of course they did. So at that time, they sold that property. So they go to the North Shore, and there's a man named Frederick Prince who owns a 1,000-acre estate in Wenham, Massachusetts, and he sold it for just a small amount to the Boston Missionary Training School, and he donated a much larger sum for the construction of the Prince Memorial Chapel. And in 1955, Gordon College moved to Wenham, Massachusetts, mm -hmm. which is where both of us attended. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I have such fond memories of attending chapel 
at Gordon in Prince Chapel. In fact, our recitals were there. Mm-hmm. The music school was underneath, right? We would yeah, go to we had practice rooms underneath in the basement yeah. of the chapel. Yeah. And of course, if you're at Gordon now, you know full well that the chapel as it was is no longer there anymore. Now it is home to the entire music department. Right. And um, and there's a plaque there that says this is where the former Prince Chapel stood. Right. Um, but now there's a beautiful Prince recital hall, and it's all windows looking out on the pond. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. And so Gordon has flourished on this property yeah. that they bought from Prince. Right, and A.J. Gordon could not even imagine mm-hmm. what it looks like now, really. Right. In 1970, the schools separated, so the Gordon Divinity School and Gordon College separated. The Divinity School merged with Conwell School of Theology, which had been in Philadelphia, and that became Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary, and they moved about two miles away from the Gordon College campus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Gordon is famous for a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I mean, A.J. Gordon is famous for his two colleges that are named after him, his hymnals, Mm -hmm. and, of course, this one very famous hymn that we are talking about today, My Jesus, I Love Thee. So in my little bit of research, I saw that uh, My Jesus, I Love Thee was in 979 hymnals. And... One of the things that is so useful to me as a worship director Mm -hmm. is when the hymns in the hymnals are broken down into categories. Mm -hmm. You know, so if the preacher is preaching on God's faithfulness, I can look into my hymnal and see God's faithfulness. Of course, I can look for Advent hymns. I could look for Christmas hymns. Those categories. Those categories are important. Helpful, sure. So in 979 hymnals, this song, My Jesus, I Love Thee, was in tons of different Categories. Okay. Sometimes I was like, okay, why this category and why not this category? So I have a little quiz for you, Carrie, a little pop quiz. <laughs> you have to tell me if this okay. is a category that My Jesus, I Love Thee was found in. Okay. Okay. All right. I mean, I feel like I would put it in the category of, I don't know, something about devotion or love for Christ or, I don't okay. know. Okay. That's what I would do. So in 1913, it was in a hymnal called Great Revival Hymns. And it was in the category devotional hymns. Okay, that's what I would do. I know. Okay. So you were, okay. so you, well, you guessed that without even me quizzing you. <laughs> All right, so I want to know if you think that My Jesus, I Love Thee was in a category called The Christian Life. No. Wrong. <laughs> it was in 1906. It was in a hymnal, and it okay. was in the category The Christian Life. All right, well, if your, your life should be about loving Jesus, so that makes sense. It makes sense. All right, tell me if it was in this category, Carrie. (laughs) Was it in Songs of Love? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That was too easy. I'm tricking you. Not be in Songs of Love. All right, here's another one. Okay, and I wonder if our listeners are playing along. Okay. All right, is it in the category devotional miscellany? (laughs) I say yes. I actually You're learning how to get how do, no, I actually mistake. saw that. I read that when I was looking at the hymnals because no, I, I was like miscellany. I'm not even sure is it is miscellany? Miscellany. M I S C E L L A N Y. Miscellany. Devotional miscellany. Yeah. It's it doesn't fit any other category, so just throw it in that. It's, it's like what Alex Trebek would say, potpourri. Yeah. All right. One more. Okay. New songs of the gospel. 
Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. So this was in 1900, and it was considered a new song. Awesome. And I just have to think that if it was considered a new song, you had people in the congregation who didn't like it. It's too new. I don't like it. I want to sing my I old just favorite sing the old stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So every song was new at one point, right? Right. And probably had to get sold to people. Oh, you're going to like this. Just give it a give try. Give it time. Give yeah. it time. Yeah. So that's my little pop quiz for you, Carrie. And I think you did pretty well. So let's just quickly look at the words of this hymn. Now, sometimes the words of the hymn are sequential, mm-hmm. where they tell a story. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't want to leave one out. And then sometimes they all just stand alone. So these words seem to be telling the story of William Ralph Featherstone. It is the story of this Christian life. In the first verse, the singer is talking about their own sin, acknowledging that they're a sinner. And they need a redeemer and a savior. And in the second verse, it really pretty much quotes scripture. What does the Bible <laughs> say? Yeah. I mean, 1 John 4.10 says, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. Mm-hmm. He loved us so much that he purchased our pardon on Calvary's tree. And we love him for wearing the crown of thorns. It was sort of telling the crucifixion story Mm -hmm. in a a smaller way, but Mm -hmm. yeah, it's sort of telling what happened at Calvary. So I know that I'm a sinner. I know that you died and forgave my sins. Verse three is I will love you and praise you all the days of my life. Mm -hmm. And I will praise you. Yes, even in death. When the death dew lies cold on my brow, I will love thee. Mm -hmm. And that reminds me of Psalm 146. What does the Bible (laughs) say? Psalm 146, verse 2, I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Hmm. And then verse 4. Verse 4 is in mansions of glory in heaven. Mm -hmm. We will be with him and we will still be singing his praise. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's the vision that we read about in the book of Revelation. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So I know that A.J. Gordon was inspired by these words to create that tune. I'd like to just talk for a minute about the end of his life. Yes. So in 1895, he's the pastor in Boston. He gave his last service on January 21st, and he became ill. The doctors came and visited him, and they said he had grip. It's an old-fashioned term for influenza. And he might have had bronchitis as well. At that point, after January 21st, he never left his bed. He was very aware of his condition, and he told his wife, Maria, that he did not want a choir or a quartet to sing at his funeral. Mm. He wanted the people to sing the hymns, and he chose four. He wanted them to sing Abide With Me. Great hymn. That could be another one for our podcast. Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well, which was by the British hymn writer Pollock. Wow, you don't know that. I don't know it at all. It's an F minor. It's a dirge. It only appears in three hymnals. Okay. And then he had a third hymn called The Sands of Time Are Sinking. And Mm. he said he wanted my Jesus, I love thee. Wow, just like us. So we're copying him. (laughs) (laughs) So during the evening of February 1st, he had been drifting in and out of sleep. And a doctor visited. Um, The doctor was trying to be bright and cheery to sort of pull A.J. Gordon out from his lethargy. Mm -hmm. And he asked the pastor, Dr. Gordon, have you got a good word for us tonight? And with a clear, full voice, A.J. Gordon answered, 
victory. And that was his last audible sentence. His wife Maria prayed over him, and there were some mutterings in and out of sleep, but he really didn't have enough strength to form any sentences. And a few minutes after midnight on February 2nd, he died. Throughout the coming weeks, the family received letters of condolences from all over the United States and the world. I mean, missionaries from all over the world. They were having memorial services mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. So he died on February 2nd, 1895, and his gravestone simply says, Pastor A.J. Gordon, 1836 to 1895, and then in quotations it says, Until He Come. So I would love to sing the whole song. Do you want to do the whole song for everybody? So I would love to sing the whole thing. But I wanted to show you in one of my worship resource books that I have. I mean, I have lots of hymnals, and I have lots of resources that I could go to to just try to be a little bit creative. I found a creative way to have this hymn sung in a church. Okay. And one of the things that it does is it has a responsive reading. Now, I'm a huge fan of responsive readings. I love when congregations speak together, and especially when they're speaking words of Scripture. It's just such a wonderful experience to have all of us reading God's Word together. So this little creative resource that I found has a worship leader speaking, and it has congregation speaking, okay. and in and then it does each verse of the hymn. So it has the Scripture verses that kind of inspire the hymn to kind of come in between each of the Aww. verses. And I thought it would be fun if we could just do that, me and you, and imagine what it would sound like if it was a full congregation. Right. And maybe this is something we'll do when we're back worshiping at the church. Yeah, so we will read the mm-hmm. readings and give them the full performance of the song. Yes. All right. All right so you let's, ready to hear it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God.
It was so beautiful. I love A.J. Gordon's music. Yes, his hymn is beautiful. And of course, we can't forget the words of William Ralph Featherstone or William Rolf Featherstone. We would just like to share one quote by A.J. Gordon. Mm -hmm. Kelly, do you want to tell them? Yes. So A.J. Gordon said, You can do more than pray after you have prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. (laughs) I mean, he was a man of great faith. He did a lot of good work, I mean, here in Massachusetts, of course, but all over the world. All over the world. And I think that he inspired a lot of people to be pastors, to be missionaries, and to be hymn writers. (laughs) Keep singing, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Talk.